on TV, online, and oncologists curing cancer. They're the real heroes. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Hello. I, I made it out of New Jersey. I made it to California, but it wasn't without some bumps along the way. Coming up on today's show, EPT Season 12 is now available for your eye and ear holes. We are recapping S12E1 here today on the show. James, that's all the serious TV podcasts yeah. do. They go S12E1. What do you think? I like it. I, I'm very happy to be associated with any TV show that's run into its 12th season. Do you know that the first TV show I worked on went until 14 seasons? Okay. So far, we're in 12. And guess what? In both cases, I joined in season eight, which is a little interesting. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how far the EPT can go. But yes, EPT season 12. S12, E1. Uh, James, I was thinking we could name the shows, too. I was thinking Ozymandias. <laughs> to try and get one. a perfect 10 rating on IMDb. It kind of already has a name, though, right? Barcelona? That's right. The Barcelona Final Table Show. Steve Warburton is going to be on the show, and we're going to play a game with him called War of the Wars. Uh, super favorite of stage, we got this guy, Michael Bumbles, who's especially subject to Seinfeld. And yeah. uh, James, I know I've said this before. I am. I would consider myself actually to be a Seinfeld expert. I am pretty excited about this. I'm pretty good with the Seinfeld. When I moved to the UK, the only television DVDs I brought with me was every episode of Seinfeld, not knowing if you guys had ever heard of it there. Luckily, wow. it was on Sky Atlantic every day anyway. Um, and uh, we got some campaigning to do for the European Poker Awards for this show. I figure any, any little helps that we – you guys would say that, right? Any little help, singular. Any little help? Yeah. Uh, no. And first of all, I never maybe, understood the catchphrase. I think actually I'm getting confused with the advertising slogan for a well-known supermarket. Point being that, yes, it would be awesome to provide some assistance for people who've been nominated in various categories who we actually want to win. Yeah, so uh, we may do a little uh, campaigning via, via social media eventually, but for now, James has got some social media for us. Yeah, I know how you love having your ego stroked uh, first thing on the show, Joe. So yes, let's get to this tweet from George, George Lackis, who says, You guys are amazing! With three exclamation points. I listen to EPT Not Live every night before I go to bed. I finished 25 episodes. I saw that. That's awesome. But I, you know, my first thought was for this guy was slow down, buddy, because you know you're going to run we're out. Only soon. On, we're, yeah, we're only on episode. What is this? Forty three. Uh, it is, but maybe George likes it so much that once he's caught up, he'll go back and start again, just like people watch TV shows, box sets, again and again and again. You know, I don't care if he listens to him again, but it does help us on iTunes if you delete them all and download them. So please do that as often as you like. Good point. Well made. Uh, I want to say hello to Matt Spencer, who tweeted during the week that he only played the London Cup at the Hippodrome, which we talked about on last week's show. He only entered this tournament because I heard about it on the podcast and I came seventh for two and a half thousand pounds. Wants to say thanks. That's awesome for him. But do you remember meeting him? Because I feel like I don't. And if he was going to come all the way out to play the tournament because he heard it on the show, he should at least come say hello. I'm looking at a rather pixelated fit picture of his uh, yeah. avatar from Twitter, and he does look vaguely familiar. He may have said hello. I okay. don't think he made a big thing out of it, which I'm fine with. Just kind of like said hello. and But, but it would have been nice to know on the day that we'd actually brought someone into that event, that the only reason he turned up is because he heard us talking about it on the show. And by the way, if you're going to do that, like if you're going to show up to an event to see me and James and say we're the only reason why you came, please say it loud enough. And if there's people who are wearing suits around, you know, make sure that those people around, like say if David Curtis is around, if you could just be real, be like, hey, I just want you to know that you're the reason I'm here. Joe, you know me well enough. I can assure you that tweet has been forwarded to everyone in this company who needs to see it. Okay, good. Fantastic. Uh, Gareth Taylor, in response to our discussion of the London Cup on last week's podcast, says, Shit got real. Actual strategy talk? Great episode. Only a week to go till the next podcast. That That strategy talk was actually a mistake, and we didn't mean to leave it in the show. It was an (laughs) editing error, and uh, we would like to apologize to the audience for said strategy talk. If you could just... I'm just going to go ahead and ship a basket of apology kittens out right now for... uh, 
for our friend there. I'm so sorry. Never again. James won't talk over the kittens. That's how much respect he has for cats. Well, while we're talking um, strategy, Michael asks why all the trolling of Stapes and his hand analysis. Don't sell yourself short. Insight doesn't require a bracelet. I'd like Michael to think, I'd like Michael to know that most of it is in jest. Yeah, it's in jest. And also, like, if you're talking about the, like, I know some people watched my stream where I was moving in every hand and I was playing cards up and listened and thought that I was being serious with some of that strategy. Um, it's just a joke, man. Like, serious strategy? I'm sorry, just not that entertaining to me. So between the fact that I'm not that good at it and I don't find it interesting, it's just better to do other stuff. I guess the point is that when we had, we're talking to Neil Johnson, when we had Zuli and we were kind of like mocking, you know, Joe's analysis. Oh, but, sure. But oh, yeah. It, I don't take that personally. Exactly. It's 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 not serious trolling. We just troll him about everything else in his life. Um, Andy Gibbons enjoyed the big announcement, the uh, interview we had with Neil Johnson on last week's show. Andy says, I'm excited by the prospect of Cards Up coverage at the EPT Grand Final. Uh, pleased to see that EPT Live is evolving with the game. Uh, Josh Knight was also happy. He says, yes, great change. Can't wait. Pedro was also a fan. Have to be honest, haven't actually seen... As far as Twitter is concerned, any negativity, any backlash to the move we're going to be making uh, with Monaco? I think there's just plenty of other things in the world for poker players to complain about right now. They just haven't gotten around to us yet. Once they get to Monaco and they realize, that's when we'll start hearing from them. James, there was... Um so, I don't know if you're aware, but like JC Alvarado and Olivier Bousquet are going to fight each other. Yes, I'm aware of this, and I know that you know, Terence Chan, who co-hosts the 2 Plus 2 PokerCast. Obviously, he is a mixed martial arts fighter, so he has very strong views on this. He also knows JC very well. He says that he's reserving his opinions at the moment, but I've heard some of his early thoughts on this matchup for sure. Yeah, and uh, so uh, speaking of that, like guys like Mike McDonald and Jason Mercier are like offering odds. Can you explain sports betting to me? Jason said that he was, he was going to take bets against JC at minus 115. What does that mean? Well, how Americans express sports betting is different to how Europeans do. And certainly in this country, in the United Kingdom, most odds are presented as, for example, 5 to 1, 3 to 1. Uh, betting lines represented with minus or plus number, assuming a stake of $100. Um, if, for example, you're saying uh, minus 115, you're basically making that person the favorite and you're saying that you have to stake $115 to potentially win a hundred on top of your stake. So it's always based on winning a hundred? No, staking one hundred. And obviously you then just apply the the multiplier to whatever your stake would be. So okay, so if it's minus one fifteen but you only bet fifty bucks, then uh, you Then you could potentially win half of a hundred and fifteen. Okay, so it's so it is based on like a hundred dollar bet then? Yes. Okay, got it. I mean, I still don't really got it. I don't think I'll ever understand sports betting. So, Jason, I, I mean, I'm, I may have got it the wrong way around with the minus and the plus, to be honest, because I find it really confusing. It's a lot easier to me when people use the kind of like you know the, the traditional odds. Yeah, like seven to one odds, or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah, I don't. So, I don't, so it, basically, Jason offered a price, then Mike McDonald offered a price, and then Jason tweeted at Mike saying, "Good luck getting at that price when I'm offering at this price." And I just thought it was really funny that they were kind of having like a little social media beef over the prices, and so I was just like, who's taking odds over who wins this fight between Jason and Timex? <laughs> and that's when Jason Lavallee decided to reply to everyone who says, still taking action on Joe's next tweet being cringeworthy garbage, minus 800. <laughs> so what is he saying that for, if it's for a hundred, you have to bet $800 to win a hundred? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me just double check. Uh, sports betting lines USA. Cause as I said, this is not how I normally, uh, fire up the social media beef music, by the way, cause I got a social media beef with this guy. Here's my response to Jason LaValle, by the way. Um, is anyone taking action on Jason's next tweet being read by me if it doesn't have a fucking at reply directed at me? No, because I don't follow you, Jason. That's why. Minus a million. 
Minus 10 million. Just to confirm, yes. If it's a minus number, it's an odds-on favorite. So in this instance, basically, Jason is saying you'd have to stake $800 to win 100. So he's saying it's uh, in, in, it's basically huge odds-on that your next tweet would be cringeworthy. Well, guess what, Jason? Eat a big old pile of shit. And I'm not done with the social media beefs oh, no. right now. Now, James, I don't know if you noticed this one, but yesterday, yesterday evening, a woman by the name of Lisa Bucci tweeted at me and quoted, he's played more hands than a psychotic piano teacher. What show which, is that from? That was from Shark Cage, because she hashtagged Shark Cage. Wow, so she's going back over old shows. Right, so she quoted that, and then her response to it was, please educate yourself. Psychosis is a serious brain disorder. Okay. Now. I decided to retweet this the way I would retweet any of the dumb people that tweet at me and don't get the joke. Now, you see, here's, you know, I kind of have a mixed opinion on this one. Um, I just would brush over it because my view is that everyone's relationship with psychosis, if you have personal experience of it and it's an area you feel particularly sensitive about, I'm not saying that she should take issue with your joke, um, but assuming that she has some personal issue with it, I would just ignore it and move on and just accept that some people don't find some jokes funny because of their, whatever's going on in their own lives. Right, and I, I, you know, we take a slightly different approach. I wasn't going to necessarily engage her, but I was like, I'm just going to retweet this because I think that this criticism is a little out of line. Uh, and then one of my followers decided to write back at her, man, at this rate, figures of speech will be dead in a year's time. And even though I slightly agree with that, I didn't, again, I didn't respond. And she replied to both him and me, education is freedom from ignorance. Thank you, Stapes, for the retweet. Hashtag end the stigma. So I actually didn't have the heart to be like, no, no, no. I actually retweeted this mocking you, but I didn't. So I'm just like, cool. Like, it's a win-win for me. Like, I got to have my, I think my you've cake done and eat it too. Great job in raising awareness that psychosis is a serious brain disorder. So actually, Joe, this story has a positive ending. Well done. Right, so I guess I'm the one that eats a big old pile of shit there. Uh, just a few more tweets before we move on, by the way. Um, the debate about Battlestar Galactica continues. Uh, John the Book says, thanks for the review. I got stuck at about episode 16 of season two and dropped a couple of years ago, but we'll be back on it now. Ace, some people have told me that it never gets better than the end of season two. Some people say I'm going to get bored of it by the time I get to season four. I'm going to persist, and I'm not going to talk about it anymore until I get to the end of the entire bloody thing, and then give you a one-line summary and review, okay? Uh, and finally, Joe, two late submissions in your competition as to what we should call your parents when they become okay. grandparents. Uh, Lucas Summers suggests Santiago and Dunbar. <laughs> okay. Uh, and a serious suggestion from DG, Parpaw and Meemaw. Or pa, pow, and me, mao, depending on how you read it. That sounds like something in a Chinese food menu. Well, anyway, he says it's clean as a whistle. So maybe they would go for that. No negative connotations. So, uh, by the way, I remembered, I found the email where my mom told me what she wanted to be called. Oh, yeah. And uh, when I was a kid, I think I heard at one point, like, the phrase Mama Zita or Mama Zita or something. So I started calling my mom Zita. And I think that's what she's going with for the grandma name. Jerry's still out for my dad, though. But yeah, Zeta. Zeta Warrior Princess. Mama Stapes. Yeah, she's a bit of a warrior. I'm not so sure about... I think she's the battle axe is what my mom is turning into. So princess, not so much. So, uh, James, another thing I noticed on social media this week, Lee yeah. Jones is tweeting. Does he have his own show on Twitch now? Yes, he does. This is not on the PokerStars Twitch channel. This is on the Poker School Online Twitch channel, and it's called Lee's Trout Stream. And if you <laughs> actually saw the article on the Poker Stars blog, you would have seen it was illustrated with a photograph of an actual trout stream. Uh, and I think the gag here is that obviously it's a stream, as in an internet show. Yep. Okay, I got and that one. Lee is educating people on how not to be fish, hence the trout element. Uh, and how is this being received? Because I know sometimes Lee Jones' strategy is sometimes, well, just say disagreed with online. I don't know whether it started yet. I actually got a sneak preview of Lee's Trout Stream because they were testing uh, how it looked from his home uh, in the USA and checking 
like how it would work with them bringing in hands that have that, that viewers and members of the poker school uh, online community have sent in via boom player and uh i decided to join the chat of this test channel and decided <laughs> that it'd be great fun to troll lee jones while he's trying to do his rehearsal under your own name i was not the only one by the way there was an a Josum in the chat as well who was trolling lee but Josum didn't get banned i did one of the mods banned me I love how you were bringing up this story and you were already trying to throw someone else under the bus. Be like, it wasn't me. I wasn't the only one. I was the <laughs> only one that got caught. You got banned from Lee's channel? I did. To be fair, I then received an apology email from the mod saying he was literally just trying out some of the moderator functionality and just meant to mute me, but actually like perma-banned me from the chat. <laughs> I've done that before too, actually, on the stream. Like when you're like quickly trying to like just mute somebody who's jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams or whatever the fuck people are saying. People are saying, uh, and then you end up banning them, and you're like, nah, whatever. So are you unbanned or not? Are you uh, still? To be honest with you, this was only on a test channel, and um, I don't know. I, to be honest, if Lee was doing it for real, of course I wouldn't troll him. Of course I wouldn't abuse him. It was just great fun to do it while he was trying to get his head around the whole Twitch thing for the first time. Yeah, James wouldn't troll Lee because he's too high up at the company. But if I was doing a stream, you can fucking bet your ass he would troll me. Yeah, you can cope with it, though. You need it. You feed off it. You love the attention. You love it, you do. I do love the attention, which is why I have agreed yet again to host the European Poker Awards. Yes. Um, which, now, James, we worked out the schedule conflict, right? I was well, like a little confused it, by this whole thing. The reason why there was a potential conflict is because initially... Uh, when Alex and his team had come to you about hosting the awards, they said it would be after the conclusion of play on day three, which is bubble day in the main event. Well, that's fine. But then when the actual uh, invitation to the awards went out... It said the- Kara Scott would be hosting the awards. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it did say that uh, funny man Joe Stapes Stapleton would be hosting the award. I don't know how much you love that. Uh, oh, yeah. But it said 8 p.m. start time. Now, of course... Play doesn't conclude on day three until 9.15, 9.30. And if the awards start at eight, number one, no one's going to be there, but certainly you wouldn't be there, even though realistically you probably wouldn't be commentating on the last level of play. But of course, an added complication is that now we are going to be 30 minutes behind real time because we're going to be cards up. We're going to be on a delay. So we're not going to finish until realistically 10 p.m. Um, so even if you were off the last level, you're not going to be ready to start hosting a show at eight o'clock. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be ready to host the show ever, probably. But I mean, it seems to me that that eight o'clock was kind of like that's the time you can start arriving. But it doesn't make any sense to start dishing out awards until plays actually concluded and people can be at the ceremony. Yeah, so I wrote to them and they were like, yeah, yeah, don't worry, it's fine, like, whatever you can do. Like, I honestly was hoping there would be a major conflict and I wouldn't be able to do it. I was just like, because I say yes to these things, but if for some reason something came up and I couldn't do it, I'd be like, oh, damn, you mean no one's going to ignore me and not laugh at my jokes for 90 minutes this year? What will I ever do? But I am, James, relatively invested. Now, I know, look, me and you both sort of take the stance that award shows are stupid until we're nominated for something. (laughs) Isn't that everyone's opinion on award shows? Yeah, pretty much. So, like, in this particular case, James, I wouldn't say that you and I would share in the glory particularly with any of the awards this year, but I do think it, you know, even though we're not, like, specifically nominated for anything, it would be good if we flew the company flag, if we were team players, and if we did a little campaigning for the the people in the Poker Stars family who are nominated. Do you agree? I agree. That is a good plan. All right. So throughout the course of the show today, we're going to be running some four-year consideration ads. The first one up is a doozy. For your consideration, Neil Stoddart, Media Person of the Year. It's a well-known fact that the Media Person of the Year category only exists to make sure that these awards get covered but only one nominee in this category shines brightest literally and that's neil stoddart and his camera which sometimes uses a flash and is why the word literally was totally appropriate right there but what is it that makes neil stand head and shoulders above the rest which is not easy because he's not a tall man it's because he takes pictures 
Pretty things to look at. Why would you want to read a bunch of boring words when you can look at colors and stuff? Come on, guys. This is poker, not nerd school for nerds. Media Person of the Year, Neil Stoddart, for your consideration. TV Recap So yes, we have kicked off Season 12 of the EPT with the first of our final table highlight show going out on Channel 4 in the UK. Available to watch if you're in the UK and Ireland at channel4.com slash poker. Anywhere else in the world, check it out at pokestars.tv. And spoiler alert, we are going to be discussing this episode in detail. We are going to talk about the result, just in case you missed the live stream last year. You don't know who actually won. And Joe, for this review, we're going to be joined by one of the players at the final table, the runner-up of EPT 12 Barcelona. Jack Salter. No, we welcome <laughs> to EPT Not Live, Steve Warburton. Steve, welcome to the show. How are you doing? You all right? See, in Joe's mind, all UK pros just blend into one. I mean, makes sense. <laughs> we like, I'm kind of from Manchester as well, so it's kind of similar. I think it's fair to say, Steve, that before this event, you were best known to viewers. I mean, obviously, anyone who's close to the poker world knows who you are. But as far as EPT viewers were concerned, you're that guy who bubbled London once and nearly bubbled again the same year. Yeah, I was I was pretty worried that that was like my whole kind of legacy of poker was basically <laughs> just going to be that forever. And I was just going to know him as like Steve Warburton, who uh, just basically bubbled EPT London. And it was just going to be shown like, I think there was a feature last year where you did like, pretty much guys that had just bubbled and it was shared again so I just like pretty much got loads more stick for it again which is uh, it's pretty horrible so thanks so Steve <laughs> when you say you're getting when you say you're getting stick for it are you're like pals with like all the UK heroes huh uh yeah pretty much I know like all the guys some of them are obviously more than others but yeah we're all kind of uh I don't know it, it's like I'm strange in England I think it's like probably the only country where everyone's really kind of close to each other pretty much all the pros kind of know each other yeah, why do you think that is? Like, do you make that decision after the fact? Like, once you're a good pro, you get let into the fray? Or is it something uh, like you guys all came up together? I don't know. It's kind of like being at school, isn't it? Like, I don't know. It is, it is kind of weird how the, the kind of better players know each other and the people that are just starting out kind of are friends. And then as you progress up, you kind of know people that are slightly better at folk. I don't know. I don't really know how it works. But uh, I think it's just basically that all the English guys are kind of similar. They all kind of play like a pretty similar style. We all have like the same kind of interests. Well, we'll talk about some of those British guys in a moment when we discuss the antics of the rail around this <laughs> yeah, sure. final table. Now, on the one hand, obviously, this is an amazing achievement. Here you are in the final table and the final eight of the biggest EPT main event ever. And as we mentioned, not only did you finish second, but obviously there was a deal which ensured you had a very nice payday. But sure. as you found out when we invited you on the show... This time around, we don't get to see the journey. We didn't even get to see the real scale of this tournament because we're coming fresh in on the final table. And I know you, along with many of the people who listen to this show and watch our TV programs, were a bit disappointed about that. Yeah, that was a shame, I thought, just because, I mean, when I first started playing... Just because you got John Juana to fold fucking kings? <laughs> I was like, as soon as you show that, I was like, he's just going to mention that the whole show now, isn't he? Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, what was the question? I've forgotten now. That's completely thrown me. Well, we're basically talking about the, the change in direction, that instead of following the tournament oh, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. early to mid stages through the bubble to the final table bubble, we're now coming straight in, boom, money on the line, who's going to win it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my opinion was, I was basically thinking back to when I first started watching poker and like late night poker and like the World Series and things. When you're first player, I think that's the kind of interesting part to kind of see who's going to make the final and you kind of root for people who maybe you don't want to make the final and things. And you kind of learn more about tournament poker, I think, before the final table. So the final table's usually kind of straightforward because it's a lot shallower and, you know, it's kind of the, the same people and obviously people go out. Whereas before that, there's like you're moving tables, it's always nine or ten handed. So, you know, I, th I think there's kind of more interest in the kind of build up. And it kind of gives you an insight into people, like, like people that are on three or four episodes. You're kind of gonna get to kind of know them better. Whereas if you see them on the final, I mean, there's obviously some people on that final you saw for maybe three or four minutes. So you don't really get to see who they are or and how they're playing things. I don't. I gotta say, I just oh, look. I disagree with this completely. When I watch X Factor, <laughs> I tune in for the final episode. Just show me the winner. 
Don't waste my time with all these backstories. Just show me. You see, Steve, who... I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the exact opposite with X Factor. I basically watched the first episodes where everyone's terrible, <laughs> and I like, couldn't give a crap really who's actually going to win it. I'm actually, but... I'm actually being really sarcastic because uh, unfortunately, the, I get to have a lot more fun in the earlier episodes too. So final table, it's kind of yeah. serious. I was just messing around. I, I missed the early day coverage too. I'm just gonna say, you definitely, by the way, got the best job at EPT. You basically just seem to sit there and just. Tell the piss out of everyone. It's like I dream job. Agree <laughs> completely. <laughs> I guess we did get lucky though with this final table, Steve, in the sense that it was a really great lineup. Um, I think, as you noted, Joe, a great mix of personalities, uh, generations, nationalities. Yeah, it was a perfect final table as far as I was concerned. You know, you got John Jawanda, obviously, who, like, if you know poker, you know who John Jawanda is. You got guys like Raina Kempo, he's an up-and-comer. And then you got Steve, who, if you haven't been paying attention to the U- UK poker scene, uh, looks like a, like a fresh – well, he does literally look like a fresh-faced youngster. <laughs> um, but th- I thought that's, like, a great mix. And, Steve, I guess my question for you is – you seemed pretty okay with second place at the time. Has this kept you up at all at night, or are you, are you cool? I don't know. This is, I mean, obviously it was last August, so I've had a lot of time to reflect. Sure. It's re- really difficult because you don't want to come across like an absolute douchebag going, oh, I'm, I came second, I'm really gutted, blah, 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 because at the end of the day, it was an amazing, amazing week. The biggest EBT, as you said, and that amount of money for one poker tournament is pretty insane. Um, but I'm not going to lie, I did wake up, I can't remember if it was like a few, I think it was like three or four days after, just thinking, I'm really gutted to finish second. But then when you look at it, I mean, that's kind of more of the kind of poker player coming out in terms of when you play a tournament or a cash game or whatever, you just want to win, you don't really want to come second, because come second is kind of losing. But I think this is kind of special in terms of it was unique, because coming second was actually pretty <laughs> you know, I'm mean, fucking awesome to be honest. So uh, I don't know. It's kind of a strange one coming. So I don't like feel like I came second. Obviously, watching it back last night, I don't know. It kind of hurt a little bit more. But then you just look at the money and you think, well, how can you ever be disappointed with that? You know. So you got any money left? Uh, not really. I've just basically. Spend it all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you uh, sound like a sensible young man, Steve. I'm sure you've got I, your yeah, finances in no, order. I, I, did, I did the kind of boring thing, and basically before before Barca, I was about to buy a house, uh, and so I just got a different house after after Barca. Oh, wow, you upgraded the house? <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Uh, and then the rest, uh, I don't know if you know, but I stake quite a few guys, so I just kind of put a lot of money back into them and things. Wait, how do you stake guys? What do you, you, you make a lot of money before this? Uh, I did okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if like a few years. I just kind of realised a few years ago that uh, Sanji Poker was getting tougher, and I knew like a lot of good players that didn't necessarily have that kind of bigger bankrolls, and so I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of hedge your bets more. Oh, this is the worst thing you could have possibly said in an interview, by the way. You're going to get so many emails of people being like, yo, oh, here's... Yeah. I, had, I had like five, like six minutes into the show last night going, <laughs> oh, blah, blah, this has happened to me, like I'm the best player, but you know... Here's my red tooth stats, let me uh, let me pitch my case to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't actually realise that on Facebook there's like a hidden chat thing. Have you seen this? Yeah, the 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 uh, the inbox. I found a bunch of like requests yeah. from fans last week, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is from like a year ago." Yeah, so it's like people that you're not friends with that send you a message, and it's kept in like a hidden thing. Anyway, I looked. I think I saw it on Lad Bible a few days ago, uh, and I looked. I had all these messages, and I just felt really bad because I've basically not been replying to these people, but I didn't even know that they'd send me a message and stuff. But oh well. And those people were all looking for staking arrangements. Uh, 90% we're just looking for money, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, Joe mentioned the the fold on the penultimate day, and I know that uh, you were very, very keen that this hand actually be shown, and obviously we had to show it because it really informed what happened at the final table. The very last hand of the second-to-last day where yeah. you got John Juanda to lay down kings in a spot where you had ace-king, and... I guess even until you'd seen it on TV, you weren't 100% sure that he genuinely folded kings there. Of course not. I mean, when someone tells you they fold kings, 
your first thought is you probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> your first thought is you fucking liar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of, I mean, I was saying it the kind of nice way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when John told me, I kind of did believe him because I'd say that the final table was actually pretty straightforward. That hand was ridiculous, really, because that was when there was nine or eight left. And there was quite a few short stacks. And there was quite a few people had made it known that they were kind of just happy to make the final. So, you know what I mean? It's like, I think he was kind of waiting for two or three of them to go out. And the jumps were obviously quite big. Uh, so when he told me, I actually believed him and thought, okay, he has folded kings here. Uh, I'm not saying that I'd have folded, but if there was ever a time to fold kings, I think it was probably then. Just because... He, do, he doesn't really know much about me. Obviously, I look insanely strong. And like, I, I just don't think that he wants to take that spot where he could be a massive underdog when he knows that he can basically just wait for these three guys to kind of either punt it off or just make a mistake or whatever and make like an extra 400k or whatever. So Plus, how many guys have you played against in card rooms in the UK that knowing you had ace-king might still fold kings because, hey, there's three aces that can hurt me? I mean, it's, it's quite, I've played like a lot of cash games. I basically used to play cash games a lot. And the amount of people that made with an hour left are winning quite a lot. And they just completely change like, the way they play it. I've seen people fold like an ace-king suit just like to kind of one bet just because they're happy to lock up the win. You know, which is obviously you know, crazy or whatever. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the guy. I mean, it, it was like, I think Folding Kings there is one step away from the guy who has aces pre-flop and just shows everyone so no one sucks out on yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. makes it like 14x and then shows the aces because he's just happy yeah, to win yeah. the blinds. There's always yeah. there's always the inevitable difference when you're watching the highlights of a final table to what the reality was, Steve. And of course, being such a big EPT and there being so many chips in play, it took a long time to play out. And the yeah. thing that's tough to convey, I mean, you mentioned it's tough to get to know players like Andreas Samuelson and Rainer Kemper, but also it was really tough to convey what happened to Denis Shafikov because we start the final table and this guy just has a monster chip lead. And yeah. through no fault of his own, his chips just disappeared very quickly. He had a lot of hands, really, didn't he? He had a lot of... I mean, he had a few spots he could have played slightly differently, but pretty much the cards kind of played themselves. I mean, obviously, he had the aces, v10s. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know, the only the only hand that I don't think anyone would play like is the king-queen suited, you know, where he yes. three-shot it in versus ace-king. But other than that, he pretty much just had hands that kind of played themselves. That's the one he won, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, yeah. That's the one he just... He basically flopped him dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, I don't know. It was kind of strange in terms of I think everyone expected him to make more mistakes, but actually the cards he got kind of just played themselves. And I think I think that shows you as well why it's kind of a good idea sometimes to do a deal. Just because the guy had like all the chips in a great spot with a great seat and somehow managed to finish wherever he finished. You know what I mean? So it's a cautionary tale. Yeah. Now, of course, deal, uh, deal was done, business was done between you, John Juanda, and Frederick Jensen, who eventually finished third. And when you look at the final result, you feel, obviously, you came out pretty well from that deal. Because uh, yeah. at the time, you were, you were, what was it you called John Juanda the squeezer? <laughs> yeah, just because he was basically, I mean, I don't know if you remember, we basically had a deal initially that was turned down. Yes. And then we did another deal. And it took, I don't know, I'm not sure how long it took, but it felt like it took a long time. Yeah, I mean, that, if there's one thing that gets massively condensed in the highlight shows, and this is for anyone who's never watched the live streams, sometimes these things can go on for like 45 to 50 minutes. And that's yeah. why it got to a point, and I know it's bad that sometimes the tournament staff are putting pressure on you guys to say yes or no, but when it has dragged on that long, it's kind of like either play or don't play. And you can kind of see it from everyone's perspective why there needs to be an element of control about the proceedings. Yeah, and, and obviously you've got the stream as well, and it's pretty boring on the stream uh, to watch these guys just basically talking numbers and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I think it, it went on for however long, and then it basically came down to John like not wanting to give up something like two and a half thousand euros or something, <laughs> which obviously in the context of 900, 800, and 800,000, like it's not... Do you know what I mean? I'd just be like, oh, come on. Yeah, but it's it was, still two and a half thousand euros, which is a yeah, lot yeah, of money. And it was... And it was Two and a half thousand as well, that it isn't like we were trying to gain two and a half thousand on him. It was like the kind of fair way to do it was him to just essentially do it. So in the end, I said, I'll give up your two and a half thousand and you just buy the first uh, round at the bar. Which uh, Yeah, I saw that. He was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. He's like, well, drinks only. 
He never did it. He never did it. Wait, he never <laughs> bought the round of drinks? <laughs> to, this day, to this day, I'm going to find that man and he still owes me a round that has to Oh, cost controversy on EBT Not Live. I love it that you outed him. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, maybe it was our fault because we did leave quite, quite soonish afterwards. Well, uh, I mean, Tom Middleton was literally falling down. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad that that was shown. That was literally the one thing that I was just praying was shown. How could it not be? A former Barcelona champion on the rail who's had <laughs> one too many. It was so pure. It was just so forth. And it, it was obviously at like the bit which was, which was kind of quite crucial as well on the, the all-in. It just clips to Vedi falling. <laughs> A moment of tension eased by the antics of Midi. Um, let's talk about the rail then. And let's talk about the hat. I'm amazed, Steve, that you have, as your Twitter avatar, you wearing that hat. Because as we saw in the TV show, that hat did not bring you good fortune. It was a proper bark, wasn't it? It uh, was. Yeah, it wasn't great. I don't know. It was weird because I was like in the hand. And pretty much when you're in a hand in that situation, you're just so focused. All of a sudden I was like, what's this on my head? <laughs> then like I looked and I thought oh, okay like, whatever and then I lost the hat and I thought well I've still got this thing on my head so I just kind of threw it off like whatever I have to say that something that I really appreciated about you in that spot and about your friends too were most of the time that even though you are playing for massive money and massive spots like you're still having fun and that's really important to me yeah I think like two things there I think one of the best kind of run goods besides we don't want the money was the fact that you may be only get, you may be only only going to get one or two moments like that in your kind of poker career, and so to have so many of like my, my kind of mates there was just amazing because it basically just relaxed me completely, and it was like I was playing in Manchester or in like a home game or something because I just had all my mates behind me that were obviously doing you know kind of chants and, and whatever. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of a really kind of pure moment that I'll certainly never forget. Now, do you think compared to uh, to your mates that, uh, you know, have you been playing as long as they have? Do you think that, you know, your success it seems to come like sort of behind some of the success of the other guys? Do you think you should have been first? Uh, I don't think like I should have been first. No way. Because like there's no, um, what's the word, entitlement in poker. Do you know what I mean? It's not like because you're good. You'd, like, you'd be surprised. Yeah. And no, I think like a lot of people like expect and like think that they should win this because they've put the work in over. But at the end of the day, there's a, a lot of luck, especially in a, a tournament poker. And like, and I've been playing for almost 11 years now. And for the first Jesus five or six, I only just played cash really. And so there's no, you know, kind of huge, huge money there in terms of uh, a kind of one-off, a one-off thing. So how old were when you started playing then? You're like 18? Yeah, 18. And uh, where did you, like, what, what was your life before that? I mean, I guess you, did you, you obviously didn't go to university or anything like that? Uh, I basically went to, went to uni um, kind of knowing that I was going to use the money from the student loans to play poker. Wow, that is yeah. irresponsible, people. Do not listen it's, to this boy. Which is probably something that I should stop telling people. But basically, yeah, I took that kind of student loan, went to uni for maybe the first, I don't know, four weeks, kind of gave up on that. And then that student loan is pretty much taking me to where I am now. I would say uh, not all results typical. I know we're supposed to be promoting people to play poker here, <laughs> but I would discourage people from taking the same path as you. So you have you ever had a real job? Uh, not really. I had a few part-time jobs when I was 16, 17, like in a, a sort of a, a supermarket and whatever. Uh, but no, right, I've never had like, a proper full-time job. I'm going to ask you a real tough question now that I don't think a lot of people ask. I like Do you... Do you think that by never having a proper job in your life that you have missed out on something, that you've missed out on like a part of society and growth as a human being that maybe you will one day wish you had? Absolutely not. And I think that's because, I mean, it sounds really cringy, but I've gained so much from poker that I think that I wouldn't have got from like a normal job. And pretty much all my friends that have kind of normal jobs, I mean, a kind of normal job isn't isn't really a good phrase, but you know what I mean. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and like, I've seen them, and, and obviously I see kind of what they get for it and things, but I don't think if you've been playing poker for 10 years full-time, there's not much that you don't actually get from it, just because there's, I mean, you, you like meet loads of people and like you travel the world, and so the experience that you gain from there is kind of what you'd get from like a normal job anyway. 
So, I don't know. This is like a very long-winded way of just saying no. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's what I look. It's not very interesting if you just say no. So, do you think at what age right now, if you had a choice, like uh, at what age would you or what amount of money would it take for you to retire from poker? Do you see yourself doing this for like 30 more years? I don't know, really. I kind of... About two years ago, I kind of was uh, thinking about doing something else, but I didn't really have anything in mind. And uh, a lot of my horses were kind of doing well. So I thought that the dream would basically be that they continue to play poker, I kind of dip in and out of it, and then find something else. But when I actually thought about it, I think I just love the game so much that I I could never completely leave it. Uh, The problem is, obviously, it's getting like really, really tough, and, and online's kind of not like super dead, but it's not what it was when I played, you know, uh, five or six years ago. Steve, uh, do you do you like other games? Such as? Well, I got a game I want to play on the show with you right now, a trivia game. You down? Oh, yeah, of course. I'm in. All right. So the way, I think the way I'm going to do these from now on, every question you get right, I'm going to donate $5 to charity. You don't need the freaking money. Um, so this <laughs> game is called this game is called War of the Wars, okay? Oh, my God. Right. And all of the following trivia questions start with the word war, just like your name, but you are to leave out that part of the answer. So James is going to do an example question here. So, for example, if I asked, during what war did the sound of music take place? I would say World 2. Correct. You got it, Steve? I've got it. I, I mean, I'm less enthusiastic, but yeah. <laughs> It's okay. Look, it wouldn't be one of my games if it wasn't so fucking convoluted. Here we go. To be fair, you sound a lot more enthusiastic than Jason Mercier normally does. Yeah, and he's a sponsored pro, so, you know, smile and nod, and maybe you'll get on the team. Here we go. Just before we play, Joe, hang on. Yes. Just just once, can you say my name correctly? What am I saying wrong? Steve. Yeah. Say it. Steve. Warburton. Warburton. No. (laughs) Do it. <laughs> Steve, we had this during the live stream. We had know, this during the I, voiceover no. session. I, I can't change him. I don't understand. Is there not is it not spelled W A R B U R T O N? Joe. Yeah. Steve. Steve. Warburton. Warburton. No. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't two words. It's not Warburton. It's Warburton. Uh War- Warburton. Yes! It- there it is, kind of. That was near so, enough. We'll take that, that as a was, win. That was W-A-R-B-I-T-I-N, Warburton. That's closer than you're saying it. It's kind of like yes. me calling you Stapleton. Stapleton. War, Warburton. I don't know. There's a war and there's a Burton. It kind of is the crux of this game. Here we go. Moving on with the game. Okay. Question number one. Yep. This war, Burton, this war... Delighted theater audiences in London so much that Steven Spielberg decided to make a movie about it. Right, and so basically all these questions, I have to say World War One or Two. No. In- incorrect. Oh. All the questions start with the word war, but have or maybe end with the word war, but have other words around it. So we just need the other word. So it's war something. Okay. Say the question again, sorry. This war. And it's not an actual war. Delighted theater audiences in London so much that Steven Spielberg decided to make a movie about it. Hmm. War of Worlds? Okay, if it was War of Worlds, you would say of worlds would be the answer. This one is just horse. We're just looking for a horse. War horse, of course. War horse. Yeah, yeah. Which, right, by the way, just... I think that any player staked by you should be referred to as a warhorse. Oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. The warhorses. <laughs> you can right, get well, t- t-shirts, baseball caps. There's a huge branding opportunity here. Just saying. Uh, you know what? I just re- I just registered thewarhorses.com. So, um, this might be the most surreal moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> We are just getting war med up here. Here we go. Question two. There was once a medical myth that during cold weather, 40 to 50, 40 to 45% of this war was lost through the head. What on earth? Um, now you are definitely on the same level I have, I as have Jason that. Mercia. <laughs> I've, I mean, it sounded at the start like the bubonic plague, but then you said lost, like losing heads. I don't, I don't know what that is. James, you want to help him out a little? Yeah, please. So, do. so 
for example, if you were to lose heat through your head, you would right. also be losing... <laughs> what war? Warm... Warmth. Yeah, but if you took away the war, you'd be left with... Oomph. Yes! Yes, give it to him. All right, here we go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You've never played one of Joe's games before, have you, Steve? I, I, I haven't. I haven't. That's ever. why you were so so enthusiastic at the start, because you didn't know what horrors awaited you. I know, you. exactly, yeah. I was like, yeah, let's play, come on. Now I'm just like, what's the next one? Uh, yeah, you know you're thinking like, what the fuck? What planet is this guy on? <laughs> this war is responsible for the 80s hair ballad, Cherry Pie. Warm. <laughs> so that would be war warm? Are you even talking English now? I don't even know. <laughs> you know, we're gonna leave out. We're gonna leave out the whole. What? 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 Stephen. Stephen Wubbiton. <laughs> nice, nice. What? What band sings the song Cherry Pie? Uh, Warm Cherry Pie. You. T the war part was correct. We we're looking for warrants there. War rant. <laughs> Question number five. This hardcore, I'm going to leave out the whole war thing. Just answer trivia questions, and they may have the word war in them. You know when hardcore you do these questions, and you got to, like, the fifth one, did you not think we should maybe just have maybe one or two? <laughs> one or two? That's not a game. One or two. Should we play one or two hands Steve, of poker? Steve, you're assuming he was sober when he compiled this quiz. <laughs> okay, I'm going to leave this open to anyone in the gallery that wants to answer them. Here we go. Hardcore heavy metal band famous for firing feces into the crowd via a shitapult. Good lord. I have never heard of this incident, and I don't think I've ever heard of this band. I would just make a noise. Just be like, boom. I can hear I can hear Ben, producer Ben, got it right. It is Gwar moving on. <laughs> this war... Owns the rights to make movies about detective comics properties like Batman and Superman. It's a movie question. I know this one. Think of a movie studio. Are you asking me or the group? <laughs> you can answer. If you know the answer, Steve, you have first right of refusal. Steve, what about the... Um, I don't know. I know. Jeez, I know. It's Warner Brothers. Oh. Warner Brothers is correct. Here's another movie question. This war is a 1990s detective movie starring Kathleen Turner as the protagonist. This is great. When I So remember, Steve, when I asked you that question, like, do you feel like you missed out on anything in life by not going to college, by not yeah. having a real job? You miss out on, like, a lot of pop culture, which is fine. Being rich probably makes up for that. Yeah. This is a movie which <laughs> I missed out on as well, if it's any consolation. Is it a good? Is it? I've never seen it either. Anyway, we're looking for Vi Warshawski. I'm just gonna blow through these here. Uh, this war, Stephen, can sometimes show up on the genitals, and usually have to be burned or frozen off, or so I've heard. Genital warts. Warts. Sizza. Yeah, let's give it to him. This is what we're looking for. I mean, it's it's pretty terrible that the only one I get is genital warts. <laughs> Like, instantly as well. I was like, Jess Awards, yep, got it. Can we please isolate Steve there saying the only thing I get is genital warts? <laughs> because that makes this entire game worth it. Final question. I think you've earned $10 for charity so far. This war is meant to get your attention but not hurt you. Like when your girlfriend says, you've been on your phone a lot lately. She's firing off a... Oh, no. James, if your wife were to say to you, you haven't taken out the garbage in a while, that would be a... She's firing off a... Misuse of the word rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Would this also be applicable to a military situation, for example? Correct. If a ship sailed beyond its boundaries and the people said, you're in our waters, therefore we're going to fire a... I have no idea what's going on. It's We're looking for a warning shot. We're looking for a warning shot. Steve Wibbada, <laughs> you, my friend. Have, am I getting it now? Wibbada? Wibbada? That's it. I'm not Steve. Steven Warburton. Warburton. It's just like one word Warburton. 
Orbited. Why are you trying? Why do you think you know. can succeed where I have I failed know. for I so know. long? I honestly didn't know that I was saying it wrong until this exact interview. I really did. I've mentioned like, I, it to you so many times. You never listen to me. <laughs> I, what? Yeah. It's the same word as far as I'm concerned. I'm just saying all the letters. Yeah, but it's it, it's just one. I mean, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up. Thank you very much, Steve. Cheers, James. Thanks a lot for being on the show, man. We'll, we'll see you next time, Rolf. The only thing that I'm going to take from this now is genital warts. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. It's been fun. For your consideration, epic hand between Mateus and Loden at EPT Grand Final. Negrano on stream, this is some high-level poker we're seeing here. Moment of the year. This moment has it all! Drama, suspense, young guns, old school, massive money, and title on the line. Bluffing, tanking, Daniel Negranu commentating. What more could you want? What? Or what now? What, we're up against John Gale winning a bracelet after being off for three years with a brain tumour? You can't be serious. There's no way we're winning this. <sighs> We might as well be up against a puppy winning a WPT or something. This is dumb. We're f There's no point. I'm being paid to be here, and I'd vote for John Gale. What do I do? Yeah, I don't know, James. I feel like maybe we should just withdraw from that category. <laughs> I don't know how, how good I feel about actively campaigning against John Gale there. What'll be funny is it probably won't even be him that wins that one. It'll probably be like World Series of Poker streams for the first time or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, we shall see. Uh, on the 3rd of May when Joe hands out those awards to a room of people who aren't listening to a word he's saying uh, talking of Monaco we're going into the lobby now Joe because the grand final is almost upon us and I think it's worth at this point teasing next week's edition of EPT Not Live which will be our Monaco preview show we'll talk about all the big events that are taking place talk about the hashtag stars fun activities that are planned including something that we're going to be filming for the InVision version of the podcast while we're at Monaco. Yes. Uh, and also we'll run through all of the streaming we'll be doing. Cards up coverage every single day for seven days. Plus, of course, we'll run through the tournament schedule that people can play. The free rolls, the one butt bounty bonanza, do a quick recap of the league table. So all that to come next week. At this point, uh, with a few days to go, I mean, the festival, what, starts next week, so there's still more than seven days to go. You can still qualify for the Poker Stars and Monte Carlo Casino European Poker Tour Grand Final. Just a recap on the number of qualifiers, Joe. We've mentioned the people who've got there via spin and goes. 300-plus yeah. qualifiers so far, which I think is the most we've ever seen in the EPC Grand Final. Now, granted, we're able to qualify more people because the buy-ins have been reduced from 10k to 5k. But even so, it's nice to see a bigger field, potentially, in what's traditionally been one of the smaller EPT main events. So, you know, I, this is probably pretty dumb, but when I was uh, in England last month, I couldn't resist, or last week, I couldn't resist playing a couple of the Monaco spinning goes. And I know it's probably, like, built into the system like this, but, like, both times I played it, like, the ticket, like, just clicked over. Like, it landed. Oh. You know how it landed? And the thing is, no, but I was happy. I was happy, because in that case, like, think about this, James. Would I rather win a double your money and definitely get the money or win a fucking package and maybe not get it? Yeah. Because I don't think I'm really <laughs> eligible to win the package or at least to play it. Well, it depends. So they'd maybe be like, congratulations, you get a free hotel room in Monaco. I'd be like, go fuck yourself. I already have a free hotel room in Monaco. Maybe they would have decided that because you're not eligible to play, you would have got the equivalent value, which is 9,000 euros. Which is would have been fine with me, but you know as well as I do that those <laughs> things are not guaranteed. Swiss Chalet, Swiss Chalet, fucking whatever charity, quintessentially charity event. So yeah, just to recap, satellites are still running for the grand final. More than 300 people are in already, plus more than 155 players have qualified for the FPS Monaco main event. We'll be streaming the live table of that one while we're out there. Uh, and also one final thing, confirmation that uh, among the people who'll be coming uh, to Monte Carlo... Ronaldo 
Having made his appearance at the PCA a couple of years ago and had that deep run, he is going to be back on the tour. And yes, classic Ronaldo, the Brazilian football legend, will be playing the EPT12 Grand Final. So your chance to play alongside a legend should you choose to satellite in or attempt to satellite in to this year's big event. That's awesome. I love Ronaldo. Do you think he'll remember me after that charity thing? It seems like we all made friends that day. Yeah, I, 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 think, he, I think he might. I, think he I mean, he's going to smile at me goofily, which he does to everyone, though, and I'm not sure how to tell if there's any recognition there or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh, potentially put an EPT superfan on their first step of the way towards playing an EPT. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if that's possible because I think this guy might be another American. Uh, let's meet this week's superfan. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. And for the second week in a row, we have a North American Superfan. Say hello to Michael Bumbless. Hello, Mike Bumbless. Dude, what's uh, what's your story? We don't know anything about you. Uh, I grew up in L.A. Um, I've been living in Inglewood for the past 10 years and uh, play a lot of poker. And I uh, started watching you guys on YouTube and I was like, wow, these guys are great. And then I got onto the uh, live cast and then listening to the podcast, it's, you know, it's really entertaining. Uh, you see, you grew up in LA, are your parents part of the entertainment industry and can they do anything to help further my career? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, <laughs> was that, wait, was that a yes to, is that a no to just being able to help me or no, not being a part of the entertainment industry? No, they're not in, they're not in the biz. Sorry. What do they do? Because I would like to exploit them in some way. Uh, they do real estate, so they do real estate. Okay, perfect. Because I'm looking for a place which really? you can then try and get out of a lease of six months early <laughs> and bribe someone to take off your hands. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't let if I wouldn't take me as a customer. Let's just keep it at that, <laughs> Mike. Okay. I don't. I don't have high hopes for you though, Mike. Though because you've chosen. For, wait, what do you do? Sorry, uh, I work at UCLA and I also do real estate. So okay. Do yeah, you bake but, fresh cookies when people are coming to look at a place? Uh, no, I uh, I just do like maintenance and stuff. You know, try to take care of the, a lot of painting, which is really boring. But that's when I get my podcast time in. You know, Mike, you know that in Southern California, there's like a million Mexican people that will paint. Yeah, I know, but I got to do it myself. You know, that's awesome, man. That you'd be a real go getter. You you you'd be <laughs> fine when that Trump wall goes up. You're gonna be you're gonna be a okay. Oh yeah. Now, okay. Mike, I'm actually interested in whether you ever leave the uh, Southern California environs because, again, you probably know that in this quiz, the prize guaranteed is an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt, but there's normally that 27 euro Stepsy ticket. Do you have an active Real Money PokerStars account or are you completely California-based? I am completely California-based. However, I do go to Mexico, but I don't know if I could log in when I go down there. No, unless you actually have a registered address in Mexico right. or Canada, that ain't going to happen. So I guess we're going to have to play for some Chop Pot merchandise instead. Uh, this week's special extra prize is an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot baseball cap. Okay, great. Uh, but Joe thinks that this might be a week when he has the edge over the superfan. Oh, there yeah. might not be anything that I'm better at than Seinfeld trivia. Uh, oh, James, yeah. I can name the key grip, Peepop Nicholas, okay? <laughs> well, like, yeah. I know I have the credits memorized. Uh, well, Jason Alexander did the shark cage, right? He did do shark cage, yes. I, and, I didn't and, actually interact with him at all. Uh, well, I, I play in his celebrity poker tournament, and I, I thought you were going to be there because it was in L.A. I was like, oh, maybe Joe would be here, but... I didn't catch you. You know, but uh, Jason, he uh, got a new phone, lost my number. <laughs> meant to invite me. Uh, so, uh, Jason, that's classic Jason. <laughs> yeah, classic Jason. Okay, let's get things going then with our Seinfeld Superfan quiz. Superfan versus States. And the first question goes to Superfan Michael. Uh, what does George want to name his future firstborn child? Um, oh, it's got to be something ridiculous. Uh, Maximus or something like that? That is incorrect. Joe, yeah. you can steal for a point. 
Mike, here's what I'm gonna do for you, buddy, because I'm gonna wipe the floor with you. You're gonna more crush than likely. me. Okay. Yeah, but I haven't done this for a long time, so the deal I'm willing to make with you is that if I destroy you, but you come to one of my com my comedy shows here in LA, I will give you and everybody loves a chop pot hat anyway. But you gotta <laughs> show up to collect it. Dude, you're so generous. That's awesome. But I'm gonna put up a fight. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Down. The answer to this, the answer to this first question is George wants to name his daughter or son Seven because it was Mickey Mantle's name, backup name Soda. And of course, it is always coming Seven. Joe gets no. the first point of the game, and now Joe, it's your first question. What caused George's fiance Susan to die? It was a uh, poison glue on the envelopes to their wedding invitations. Wow, Joe is two for two, and we that move was on a softball to the second question. Yeah, that was question. A, that was a softball. Uh, in the chicken roaster, Michael, what is the name of Kramer's ventriloquist dummy that terrified Jerry in the middle of the night? Um, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one. Joe, do you know? Hello. Kramer, are you there? Mr. Marbles? Yes! <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I gotta do better than this, guy. Uh, I think that Mike's giving me a real gift here to be able to be good <laughs> at something for once. I feel he's such a nice guy. He lives in L.A. He's practically my neighbor, and it's the only one of these I'm gonna win for, like, the last six months. <laughs> Joe, your second question. In the Bizarro Jerry, Jerry dates a beautiful girl called Jillian, played by Kristen Bauer. Why does he eventually break up with her? Ooh, that's a good question. In the Bizarro Jerry, why is he played by Kristen Bauer? Why does he break up with her? Um, because she eats her peas one at a time? Incorrect. Michael, can you get on the board? Can you steal? Um... Is it because of her laugh? No, I'm afraid not. It's because of her man hands. Oh, man hands! Ah, oh, great episode. Uh... So, Michael, your third question. What is Newman's first name? Oh, man, I'm so bad at this. Newman. Uh, Wayne Knight is his, is his name. That's the actor. Yeah. Newman. Newman! I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know his first name. Joe, do you know? I actually... I have to take a guess at this. I don't for sure know. Is Newman his first name, actually? No, it's actually a trick question. Newman's first name is never mentioned. But you know what, yeah. Michael? I'm going to give you a point for knowing he was played by Wayne Knight. So the score is now 3-1. Okay. Yeah, that was tough. Okay. Joe, your, you. your question. In yeah. the Fusily Jerry, what was written on the vanity license plate Kramer received by mistake? Ass man. <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> for a point. And the score is 4-1. Okay, let's get back in this game, Michael. In right, the deal, Jerry gives Elaine $182 in cash for her birthday, but what is it that Kramer gives her? $1,000. Incorrect. Really? Joe. Kramer gives her some piece of oh. furniture that she wanted, uh, uh, an ottoman? I'm a it was a bench, apparently. A bench. Oh. Okay, Joe, your question. What is George's name for Kramer's prototype bra for men? George's name is the Manzir. It is indeed, and the score is now 5-1. This is the reverse of what normally happens in this Kramer's case. name was the Pro James. George's name was the Manzir, and they lost the very lucrative business deal because they couldn't agree on the name of it. Wow. The Bro. The Manzir. Uh Okay, this is your <laughs> final question, Michael. And okay. this one is multiple choice. So you're only two to one against, even if you don't actually know the answer. Okay. What is Jerry's apartment number? Is it 5A, 5B, or 5E? I'm going to go 5B. Incorrect. And Joe, because it's multiple choice, I can't let you steal. I can tell you that the answer is 5A. There are a couple of bonus points available here, Michael. Who lived okay. in 5B? I've got to say Kramer. That is correct. And who lived in 5E? Uh, the immigrant? No, it was Newman. But you did get oh, okay. one point there. 
And Joe, your final question, again, multiple choice the final round. What is the name of the law firm that Jerry and George stake out to run into the woman he met at a party with Elaine? <laughs> do you actually even need the multiple choice? Um... Yes, I do, unfortunately. Okay, is it Sagman, Bennett, Robbins, Oppenheimer and Taft? Sagman, Bennett, Timmons, Oppenheimer and Taft? Or Sagman, Beckett, Robbins, Oppenheim, and Taft. The third one. It is the third one. <laughs> and the final score in this edition of Superfan vs. Stapes is six points to two. Uh, Michael, he has walked the floor with you. We will be sending you a t-shirt in the post. Uh, your chance of getting your hands on the baseball cap is dependent on you fulfilling that obligation that Joe has set you. Great. I understand. Thanks for your time, guys. Mike, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, hey man, thanks for picking Seinfeld. I'm sorry that I won because I prefer to to lose, but you can't win the Step C ticket anyway. You'll still get your hat, and I got to look like you knew the fuck I was talking about for once. Yeah, that was good. And then, how would I see when your uh, when your show is going on? Oh, like Twitter? Are you are you a Twitter follower? Not that I'm trying to get Twitter yeah. followers one person at a time here on the show, but yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll always tweet about my show. So okay, cool. And then just get there like five hours early, and that's good. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Awesome nice callback. Get the fuck off my show. <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael. We appreciate it. All right. Bye bye. For your consideration, event of the year over 2,000 euros. EPT Barcelona main event. EPT Grand Final Main Event EPT Prague Main Event We've got three of the four nominees which means we've pretty much got this category locked up Woohoo! Yes! Suck it baby! We don't even need this ad I could kick a puppy right now and we'd probably still win this category I won't but I could what I am going to do is, I'm just going to tell you what I thought about The Force Awakens. I'm not going to lie, I had some major problems with it, guys. It was a fun ride, don't get me wrong, but I think it had some major problems. I don't know. I feel maybe I'm just becoming uh, too joyless in my old age. I don't know what happened to me. I'll tell you what happened to me. Kids. They change you, man. They're great and all. Well, I wouldn't change a thing, obviously, but everything now is just like... <sighs> I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I also cheat on my wife. A lot. And it's with the kid's piano teacher. But she does have this great... You know, James, we joke about... Uh having that category locked up but i seem to remember there was an oh, i think it was a category before. last year where it was like poker stars poker stars poker stars and then Someone it was full, full tilt battle of galway or something like that that won it which was fine because it was a member of our team it was you know kirsty went up there and was all happy but i was like wtf mate so whatever we'll see what happens at the european poker wars those are coming up in just a couple of weeks that is all the time we have got for this week's show next time it's our monaco preview show as james mentioned just a few moments ago yeah it'll also be our malta review show because the next tv show that airs on tuesday night on channel four in the uk and ireland and will be available on pokestars.tv everywhere else in the world is the final table of the ept12 malta main event that was played october last year and someone who's at that final table not going to say where they finish no spoilers here but neil farrell uh, who actually curiously you could see standing behind john joanda during his winner's interview in this week's tv show neil will be the guest on next week's show and we'll recap that tv program i'm looking forward to talking to neil because his twitter's been on fire lately he's had some really interesting stuff going on there so i can't wait to ask him about that stuff all right guys that's all the time we've got left for this week's show for james hardigan i am joe stapleton smell you later